Welcome back to the podcast. Today, I want to talk to you about how I am preparing for an inevitable sickness season with my kids, my husband, myself. First, I want to remind you that none of this is meant to be taken as medical advice. If you decide to use any supplements or regimens for your family, that is your choice. And especially with your kids, if anyone has any medical concerns, always check with your trusted healthcare providers. As a reminder, this is meant to be educational, supportive, and to honestly share what I do and plan to change. I will tell you that a lot of my views on different things have changed over the years in terms of how I manage illnesses, what I choose to use, and what I don't use. I'm not ashamed of it. It's just as you learn more and you get time to have experience with different medicines and supplements for your family, you kind of see what works and doesn't work versus what we're told is a blanket statement of how to treat and prevent illnesses. Also, at the time of this recording, I'm not an affiliate for any of these supplements or vitamins or anything that I talk about, but I suppose that could change. Um, Before we jump into supplements, though, we need to talk about two things. One, no matter what you do, your kids and you will get sick, okay? I know the world has made us fear illness more than ever, but illnesses for kids, for their parents, I get it. They're very hard. It sucks managing them. It sucks losing sleep, using all of your PTO. It's stressful. We miss out on things. But it really is a part of the life. We can't escape every illness. And I know we want to, but we can't. Instead, we need to know how to fuel our body and support our bodies when they do get sick. The fact is that no supplement will undo a poor diet, poor habits, poor sleep, poor sleep management. Nothing will outdo that. You need to hear this. In terms of supplements, I also want you to keep in mind that it does not matter if you take all the supplements that money can buy and you don't take care of yourself. You don't try to manage your stress and sleep. You eat takeout every night. You don't sustain those foundational aspects of your health. Um, You don't take care of yourself. It doesn't matter if you spend thousands of dollars on supplements. It's not going to help or mitigate illness. We got a lot. Um, we got sick a lot in February and March of last year, and I know what it was. It was rest. We needed rest. We needed minerals, which we'll talk about. We were too on the go, and I think our bodies just couldn't take that stress. Um, and th- that's just one of the big financial uh, foundational things we can't miss is good sleep. That will also impact our level of illness, and we are just we are just guilty of that. We do enjoy skiing as a family, and obviously outdoor exercise is excellent. We spend a lot of time outdoors, but it is kind of a lot of work to like pack up the house, pack up the kids, go skiing for a few days, come back, and we got into this rhythm of kind of going several times back to back after the holidays, and it was just something I definitely think impacted the quality of our health and our body's ability to fight back. We really needed to give ourselves and I needed to give the kids more of a break. As a side note, I'm not blaming the activities or the outdoor activities. Quality rest does not mean you're never active and you just sit inside and watch movies all day. Every once in a while, sure, but there is finding that balance of finding days after busy weeks of school, daycare, whatever it is. Um, that you find days to rest, recover, hydrate, maybe catch a nap, paying attention on those days that you're not um, working and, and you have more control of your day, what time you're going to bed, what time you're waking up, all of that. So how are you spending that time during the day when you have downtime? Are you mindlessly scrolling or are you reading? There's so many things that you can do that qualify as rest and sleep, even if it's not necessarily overnight. That, that's harder to come by for some people. I do understand that. 
those things will directly impact your stress management. And that is all part of wellness and health as well. I know that one of my toxic traits on days that I could just be catching up on rest is mindless puttering. Okay, laundry, dishes are done. Can I start a product project? Gee, would today be a good day to re- reorganize all the kids' three closets? I mean, that can be a peaceful thing, but sometimes just sitting on the couch, reading with the kids, coloring with the with the kids, going out in the snow, those are all enjoyable activities that create laughter and bring joy and good rest too. I don't need to be constantly doing something. So this year, my goal is to alternate, at least or try to have a weekend every one to two weeks where we're just home, relaxing, maybe catching up on laundry, but also catching up on hydrating and rest. Uh, again, with rest being in our home and looking like indoor and outdoor fun, not being a couch potato. That leads me that leads me to the next foundational thing, which is nutrition. I remember last year seeing someone on social media, and I'm not shaming them, but someone saying she was sick of seeing her kids sick. So she went to the store and loaded up on things like popsicles and sport drinks and all the medicines and all the things to hopefully get this illness done and stop this domino effect of illness with her kids. That's actually a pretty common pattern I'd see in primary care as well. Families would come in and say they're doing the popsicles and the sports drinks and the Tylenol and the kids are just not getting better. And here may be part of the reason why. Now, I want you to hear and understand how much I've learned since being home and being part, uh, being more mindful of what we consume. Popsicles, for example, are sugar, water, and food dye for the most part outside of some of the, the better ones out there. So that is not feeding the good bacteria in your gut. Even the ones that are better for you are sugar and water. It's actually feeding the bad gut bacteria in our gut that don't support our immune systems. Living things like sugar to survive and so feeding that gut with sugar is not the solution. So I would not recommend any of these traditional treatments for prevention of illness because again, we are talking today about prevention and recovery, but not necessarily all the things I would do for treatment. I do have that planned as another episode. But for my family, specifically, we have eliminated all food dyes completely. That is a big no in my household. Uh, That eliminates a lot of those sports drinks, popsicles, oral hydration drinks that are marketed to families and kids for illness. Instead, I will use things like orange juice. I use the brand Natalie's because it's just pure orange juice and a pinch of cream of tartar, which is potassium and Redmond's sea salt or coconut water water with a pinch of sea salt. I like harmless harvest coconut water and so does one of my kids. The other two don't love it. So I will add it in into like a banana strawberry smoothie with a little sea salt and then I'm getting those minerals in them as well. It's just a great way to give them a hydration treat with natural sugars from um, the fruit rather than syrups and all these fake sugars. I'm also very mindful of our snacking. I'm trying to be. I'm trying to figure out how I can get them quality snacks without breaking the bank and without all the junk. I do not give my kids like traditional bag snacks, but I do try to make fun things like muffins, particularly in the winter. I do think there is a difference between making things in your home and you can kind of replace the sugars with things. I usually use coconut sugar or maple syrup if I need a sweetener in there. And then you can add things in there like flaxseed and chia seed hemp hearts and stuff like that. Again, I don't want the traditional snacks that are loaded with preservatives and things that don't 
feed the good bacteria in our gut. Things like berries that are full of antioxidants. I know berries are fresh, um, are easier now than they are in the winter, but they do make like frozen organic berries that I can add to smoothies and oatmeals and yogurts and things like that. I will be doing a whole series on food and removing sugars and improving your diet, and I'll do one on picky eating, but overall, you need to look at the sugar in your diet. You need to look at the proteins in the diet that your kids are eating. I try to be more mindful of giving them snacks like chomps or these little pizza pizza meat sticks, I call them. Um, they're chicken chicken sticks. I don't, I don't remember the brand name, but at least to get them some protein versus just kind of junky snacks. All right, so moving on to supplements. So, and what I am taking. My kid coughed yesterday and I was like, okay, time to set the calendars, which is actually what I'm going to do. I am going to set on my Google calendar which days we are going to take each supplement. So we rotate mainly so that way also for cost reasons. During real illnesses, I will probably do them daily, but for more of prevention, I'm probably going to alternate. <clears throat> so one thing I get questioned about a lot is a probiotic. And we know that a good healthy microbiome, as I've said, is good for prevention and treatment really of illness. So now one thing I, I one thing I get questioned about a lot is a probiotic. And we know that a good healthy microbiome is important for illness prevention. But one thing I know a lot of people love is a probiotic. And I myself take one on occasion now. There were periods of my time, of my days, that I would take them every day. Um, there's a lot of different data out there about probiotics, and I, for one, don't think you should need one all of the time if you're doing some of the foundational things out there. But let's face it, I like cake as much as the next person, and sometimes our guts are just not where we want them to be. Maybe our diets aren't where we want them to be. Um, and a lot of us aren't good about doing prebiotic and probiotic rich foods. I actually just tried sauerkraut this year and enjoyed it. So it's on my list to incorporate more into my diet this winter. Most kids like yogurt, but um, for a, a lot of the times kids are sensitive to dairy and a lot of times yogurts are loaded with sugar. It's a little bit harder for me to find a yogurt that I trust right now that's local. There are a few yogurts that are dairy-free, but one of my kids is dairy-free. So I really only keep those in the house um, that aren't loaded with sugar. Unfortunately, I'm not close to like a Whole Foods or one of these places that has some of the good coconut yogurts out there. I know there are other alternatives, but I also have a cashew allergy just to make life really difficult. But um, now, when, so again, when it comes to probiotics, there is a supplement that I use. It's called Just Thrive. I've actually listened to the creators on a few podcasts and they have research to back up their product, which import, it's most importantly, their product survives the gut, uh, the stomach to make it, the, make it to the attempt. I've listened to their creators a few pot on a few podcasts and they have research to back up their product. Most importantly, their product survives the stomach to make it to the intestines, which is what we want. You don't have to keep it in the fridge and I can just open up some of the capsules and put it on some of my kids' food. I'm probably only going to do that once a week or so. I do like to do it after a viral stomach illness though. I like to give them just a little sprinkle of a probiotic. So here's a big side topic, hand washing and hand sanitizer. I personally do not use a lot of hand sanitizer on myself or very rarely on my kids. I don't believe in using alcohol to completely sanitize the body. 
or sanitize, sanitize the hands outside of if you work in a hospital environment because there's different bugs there, but you want to keep the good bacteria on your skin. And unfortunately, alcohol is going to kill the good and the bad. I do think that a chronic use of these alcohols and antibacterial soaps is just not good for our general microbiome. Now, obviously, I want my kids to wash their hands after they wipe their butts and they play in the dirt before they eat. I cook chicken and all those things. So I do obviously sanitize after that, but I personally don't slather on um, hand sanitizer, nor would I recommend it. Again, I want healthy skin and that includes a healthy microbiome. Now, What if your kids go to daycare or go to school? I might try an alternative. Like I have used Thieves um, hand sanitizer and I'm not an affiliate for them, but I I have used Thieves um, that I would prefer. And also I've seen some other more natural ones out there. So if my kids went to daycare and school, I would probably have them wash their hands at school. And then when they come home, I would actually wash their faces as well. We are going to start using a nasal spray as well. I have this stuff called X-Clear that my kids don't love, but I've kind of read and seen different things about cleaning out the nasal passages after you go to a birthday party or something. And I just wonder if that will help to kind of keep us cleaner. I don't really have science behind that yet. I just want to give that a try this year. I'm just not a huge fan of sanitization, but I think there are things about like washing your hands, washing your face when you get home from daycare or school. And I'm going to try also this nasal spray this year. Um, So I will say that last year was the first year that I also started to take elderberry. And I always thought elderberry was like one of these hippy dippy medicines that people would take. And I really didn't understand it or know much about it. But elderberry is a very high, um, is very high in vitamin C an antioxidant for our body that helps to fight infection. They're also high in phenoloic acids, flavanols, all antioxidant power. I'm not going to provide and quote research here. You can literally Google it. And even a popular.com website that preaches pharmaceuticals noted that there was a study in 2004 that a group of, I guess I will quote one study. In 2004, um, there were a group of 60 people who had influenza who took 15 mLs of elderberry syrup four times a day who showed improvement within two to four days, while the control group, it took seven to eight days. So for me, I I just want to kind of preventatively start taking elderberry, but I will keep it around too for illnesses. For me, much like traditional berries like blueberries, I know our bodies need color. They need antioxidants for a diverse microbiome. And so I, I just want to incorporate that. that, that la- <laughs> I just want to incorporate it like I did last year. Last year, I had tried a lot of the Symbiotica vitamins because they're gluten-free and they're really transparent about their ingredients, no fillers, additives. I have celiac disease, so having um, anything rigorously tested is really important to me. I've also listened to their creator on a few podcasts, and I just really love his mission. But I ordered some elderberry from Symbiotica, and I also ordered some um, elderberry for my kids from Mary Ruth's because they have a gummy and I know my kids and I have two that will take a liquid and one who won't. So I'm just hoping this helps and I'll find kind of what rhythm we can find this year. Last year, we only took it when we were sick, but I really wanted to be more regimented this year. Some other things I'm bundling with those vitamins are with, um, you know, trying to sneak in a probiotic at least once a week and then probably doing the elderberry every other day is vitamin C. Again, more for the antioxidants. I have one from Symbiotica. And um, by the way, I'm going to rotate these, like I said. So I try to keep the cost down because I do realize realize they're expensive. So I'm trying to just put, um, like alternate them. Maybe elderberry one day, vitamin C the next. 
but I also love the glutathione from Symbiotica. Uh, glutathione is something I learned about in the past few years. It took, um, when I was got the big bad COVID a couple of years ago, I took glutathione to help me recover. And then with any illness after that, and when one of my kids got really sick too, it was just kind of a tool ahead of my toolbox. But glutathione is involved in a lot of the enzymes within our body involved in detoxification. It's also an antioxidant. It supports the immune, liver, and bowel function and more. Again, all things you can Google. It helps us eliminate drugs and toxins from the body. A quick Google search will even tell you that low levels of glutathione are associated with higher risks of cancer, Parkinson's, type 2 diabetes. It's clear that it's really important for our bodies, which leads me to the next thing, which at times online, um, I have seen this be controversial, controversial, but I personally do not give Tylenol for many reasons. One, honestly, the first one, I don't see it work. I never saw it work with my first kid for fevers, for pain with teeth, for ears, nothing. Like, I don't know why I even gave it, probably because I was just trained that way in Western medicine, because maybe at times I thought I had to, I don't know. But honestly, I stopped using it because it never worked. And I only ever used ibuprofen after a few times using Tylenol and just seeing that it never worked. But interestingly, then I started to learn about how Tylenol also depletes our glutathione. So it's interesting reflecting, and I'm not saying this is direct causation or anything, but those families who would come in to see me when I worked in primary care and constantly give their kids Tylenol for teething, for illnesses, or for no reason because the kids maybe weren't sleeping, and then these kids were constantly getting sick and not feeling better, I seriously wonder if this had to do something with it, just depleting their glutathione. So I just don't personally use Tylenol. Obviously, if you have an ibuprofen allergy and you're trying to keep something around, I'm not shaming you. If you've used it in the past, I'm not shaming you. I just don't personally use it. And always check with your trusted healthcare providers too. This is just my personal experience. Now, moving and shifting into more natural remedies of treatment, um, I do keep... Um, well, before I move on to more natural remedies of treatment, I do keep dye-free, gluten-free ibuprofen around. The only one that I can find right now that uh, is that I haven't gotten sick from, again, because I have celiac, so I need to be careful with gluten-free stuff, is at Target. So I do keep that around because ibuprofen is good for like swelling and pain, but also I have seen it very effective for high fevers. And I do have one kid that tends to get quite high when he does get sick. And... I use ibuprofen more and fevers make me not nervous. I don't get nervous by um, fevers themselves. I just want my kids to be comfortable. And sometimes at bedtime, those fevers go up and I'll use small doses of ibuprofen. When someone gives you a dose of ibuprofen for yourself or your kids, just know that you can use smaller doses. Um, you can ask for a range because in kids, we use a range of five to 10 milligrams per kilogram. Everything we do is weight-based. You can always use the lower end. And that's what I do with my kids. I always just give them a small amount to see. I don't want to bring that fever way down. There's no goal target for me with a fever. It's just enough to make their bodies feel good. I know when I have a fever, if I don't take something sometimes, if that fever is high enough and I have really bad body aches, I can't sleep. And I just really want them to get good sleep. And it's really hard when I have three kids all sick at the same time, trying to keep everyone comfortable. So I do keep ibuprofen around. At some point, I would like to do more of a course on other natural therapies, but um, for now, that is something that I personally like to keep around. A couple of things that I will also keep around for prevention and remedies of illness are um, Rishi supplements. So I have 
a reishi supplement. Reishi is literally a mushroom. Reishi is, extracts and boosts the function of our cells in our body, which help the immune system to fight foreign pathogens and promote development of lymphocytes, uh, promote development of lymphocytes in our body. So I take, I have taken reishi. I took it last year. I'm going to sprinkle it in some of my kids' smoothies this year. Again, maybe rotating it on the days that we don't do the elderberry, um, but I will probably consume it more consistently as well because I did enjoy taking that. I think it did help me, especially even when I did get sick. Um, and cut, so moving away from the reishi a little bit, I am not most educated on homeopathy, but I will use also, I keep oscillococcinum. I think I'm pronouncing that correct. Uh, in the house, it's from Boron, B-O-I-R-O-N, probably not pronouncing that either. But because I have used that with the onset of flu-like symptoms, like body ache, fever, my kids had flu-like symptoms and I started to feel it. So I started to take this and it really, I only ended up having very mild symptoms, which was awesome. Um, so I will keep that. I do keep that around. I have a couple of containers to in, in case any of us get like flu-like symptoms or truly get influenza. One thing I often get asked about too is multivitamins. Would I put my kids on a multivitamin? Do I take a multivitamin? Honestly, I don't have a perfect answer for that. I don't think a multivitamin specifically is the, the best worth or best way to use our money. And it's not going to replace a poor diet. I do have a multivitamin for the kids that I got like as part of a bundle. So I'm just like, you know what, I'll keep it around because maybe I'll use it as we approach the holiday season and we're exposed to a lot of people and diets are a little bit different. But honestly, I feel like in terms of multivitamin use, a lot of what you're going to get is anecdotal. I just don't specifically think that taking a multivitamin is necessary. And again, it's not going to um, replace a poor diet. The other thing that I got as part of my, my bundle was vitamin D. Um, we definitely don't get enough vitamin D in the winter. And vitamin D is actually important to our immune health. I think we think of vitamin D, we think of bone health, but it's also really important to our immune systems. So that is something that I'm going to put into our regimen as well. I might not do it again every day unless the kids are sick. but it is something I want to keep around. Another thing that I actually want to do this year, it's on my list, is make some honey garlic. I've seen this on social media for illness because honey and garlic are both anti-inflammatory. They're cheap. They're easy. I, when I was diagnosed, before I was diagnosed with celiac disease, I was actually using honey to help with my stomach and it actually did help to calm my stomach. So I want to try to use it more this year for illnesses, not just for stomach things, but also for um, just like sinus issues. You can take and eat a piece of garlic, which my kids won't do. I mean, uh, but I will try to get them to see if they will at least take some of the honey. One of my kids loves honey. So I'm wondering if I can sneak it into things, but that's something I'm going to help um, or going to try to help this year as well. But just as a reminder, no children under one can consume honey, but all of my kids are older now. So I want to end on two things. One, when I talk about rest and spending time at home, that may mean missing out. I think a lot of people think we have to be busy and travel to live a joyous life. And although there is a part of me that understands and feels that way sometimes, sometimes we just need to be present and stay home. Missing out on activities may be the best way sometimes to just stay well. And I don't mean becoming a hermit and never seeing anyone and doing that on purpose. It's more, again, like I had said, 
at least every once in a while, just staying home, missing out on activities so you can catch up on rest. And especially if you're on the go with work and school and daycare, I do believe that sometimes just slowing down and being home is is part of the answer. And I understand we don't want to like isolate ourselves. That's not what it's about. But there is a degree for the sake of wellness that's okay to start saying no to activities when you you start to read your family and see that they need a break. And that's something I want to be much more mindful of this year as well. I really, when we're home, I want to focus time on relaxing, reading, maybe learning new skills, playing music with my family, going for winter hikes and snowshoeing and playing in the snow. And then that way we're home. We can really focus on replenishing our hydration, our minerals, just to touch you on, on minerals real quick, which I will do in another podcast, but that can help with, um, I, I will use the coconut water more when we're home. So that way the kids get a little replenishment of, um, some of their minerals like potassium. I can use some sea salt, just things to keep us more hydrated. And then when we're home, also eating really good, just warm homemade food. I do believe in the power of that. And second to end, I want to remind you that you can disagree with me on any of these things that I choose to use for my family. You decide what pieces work for your family and which do not. Do some of your own reading. Talk to your health, trusted healthcare provider. See what fits and works for your family. Try the small steps. And again, if you're going to start anywhere, it starts with the foundations, not the supplements. I'm just sharing this year that those are the things that I want to try this year to support our bodies. I felt like we were sick a lot, but it's the foundational things that really are important. So I hope this episode helped and be on the lookout for social media because I may create a page with all the supplements and links to things that you may need. But, uh, and I also am working on a a subsequent podcast episode that's going to talk about all how I manage a lot of these illnesses. So anyway, I hope you stay well in this season. We'll see you next time and have a great rest of your day.